Hey, it's the D&D guy back for episode 6. And today, we're going to talk about... Uh, remember in our episodes, I told you I have all these trots with all these equipment and stats on them? Well, today, I thought, because this is either the final episode or the second final episode about learning how to play, I thought today we'll, I will run down to those and we'll talk about money, equipment, and buying stuff. So, uh, let's hop into it. Before we start, I'd just like to thank all you guys about... Uh, like just listen to the show you guys have been great and I don't pay the advertisers at all the show at all so just please please if you can spread the word tell your friends tell your family like tell anyone you think would like the show and yeah uh also last week I gave you uh my uh, gmail so you can my dnd.gmail so you can contact me and ask me questions about dnd and uh yeah if you haven't done that yet can get on if you want i'm always here uh, i'll check it every day i'll get back to you within 24 hours and with your question answered to the best of my ability so without further ado let's hop into this episode so uh now let's talk about equipment so uh you can buy equipment from many places what stores and market merchants like many places uh Usually, the place of adventure will go to sell adventuring equipment, and that's usually what you need to adventure, like whether it's weapons, armor, shields, rations, rope, just supplies. Uh, yeah, you all have to buy that with money, which you'll have in the game, which you like. You can find, buy in like monster layers, like yeah, you can find it most places. Usually, like, you could work for it, but usually you don't do that. Like, usually the dungeon master, like, because that's kind of boring. Because, like, okay, I just like to spend the next few weeks working for my money. Like, unless you absolutely have to, but, yeah. So, uh, when you create, uh, yeah, so when you create a character, you receive some stone equipment. Which is basically what your character, like, because now you're starting your life of a veteran. Uh, but, uh, stone equipment, uh, is basically what you had before, like, when you were about to start adventuring, like, before you started. Instead, doing that, like, uh, your background, which we'll talk about more in how, in an episode where we do how to create character, uh, will give you a stone, or some of your stone equipment, same for your class, or you, or, instead of that, instead of, again, the stone equipment from your background, uh, and so again, the stone equipment from your background, uh, is it also class two? Uh, yeah, uh, uh, so, uh, alternatively, you can, uh, get the items based on your class, and instead, again, the items based on your background, depending on your class, it'll tell you, uh, I have a chart here I can tell you, it'll tell you how much money you'll get to spend. Uh, so for the barbarian, uh, these are all classes, types of classes. Uh, uh, you'll get 2 die 4 times 10 gold pieces. For the bard, you'll get 5 die 4 times 10 gold pieces. For the cleric, you'll get 5 die 4 times 10 gold pieces. Wait, uh, just one sec, Be, feel free to write this down if you want. Uh, for the druid, 2 die 4 times 10 gold pieces. It's always good to have some charts written down. For the monk, 5 die... Oh no, for the fighter, 
five die four times ten gold pieces. For the monk, five die four gold pieces. For the paladin, five die four times ten gold pieces. For the ranger, five die four times ten gold pieces. For the rogue, five four die four times ten gold pieces. For the sorcerer, three die four times ten gold pieces. For the warlock, four die four times ten gold pieces. And for the wizard, four die four times ten gold pieces. Before we talk about that, we need to talk about like wealth and the different coins. So wealth can appear in many forms in D&D. Coins, gemstones, trade goods, art objects, animals, and property can reflect your character's well-being and wealth. Uh, yeah, members, are, if you're like a noble, you might own some land, uh, mining rights, a port, like, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, so these are like just stuff that represents your wealth, general wealth. So now let's talk about coinage. So coinage is the different coins that usually when you play D and D, most like like I usually play in the Forgotten Realms, uh, which is like uh, the mo- probably the most popular and most well known D and D world, and uh, it's also in my opinion the best, and I I played in a lot. Uh, there's I'm gonna this book that I'm talking to you about all the references I make in here the Forgotten Realms like yeah everything. I do, because uh, I'm talking about, like, yeah. Uh, so, coinage. So, uh, there's, I'll, t- I'll run down the coinage. So, there's copper pieces, silver pieces, and uh, electron pieces, gold pieces, and platinum pieces. Electron pieces and platinum pieces, they're still in the currency, uh, it's like, it's like some, it's like they're still in the currency, but they're not printed anymore, so they're more rare. So, one copper piece, uh, equals, uh, so let's run this. Ten silver, one copper piece is one copper piece. Ten silver pieces, is, no, one silver piece is ten copper pieces. Uh, fifty electron pieces is five silver pieces. Uh, no, 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 okay, uh, sorry, I messed this up, so one copper piece is like the standard, the lowest form of currency, uh, so one silver piece equals 10 copper pieces, uh, one electron piece equals 50 copper pieces and five silver pieces, one gold piece, gold piece is the most used currency, uh, equals 100 copper pieces, 10 silver pieces and two electron pieces, and then one platinum piece, this is most valuable, equals 1,000 copper pieces, 100 silver pieces, 20 electron pieces, or 10 gold pieces. So, yeah. Uh, so, coinage. Uh, so, like, I'll just run down some basic things you can buy, like, with stuff, like, some gen- so you get some general idea. So, like, with one gold piece, you could buy a bedroll, 50 feet of rope, or, or a goat. Uh, a skilled but, like, not really, really good artistin can earn one gold piece a day. Uh, so the gold piece is, like, the standard measure of wealth, even if the coin itself is not, like, generally used. Earlier I told you, like, I ran down this book. I used because, like, I don't know every single D&D rule off the back of my head. Like, people, what do you take me for if you thought that? So uh, I actually... Uh, I have the player's handbook, and I basically, like, I study it before, I make notes, and then I talk to you about it, like, while I kind of look at the player's handbook, glancing if I need to, and so I basically tell you all the rules, like, in a more interesting way, 
And then I basically, like, kind of add some stuff that's not in there, like, to make you understand, like, help you understand it better. And I also, like, just give advice. Yeah. Uh, so, when merchants discuss deals that involve goods or services worth hundreds of thousands of gold pieces, uh, like, when they trade, stuff like that, it doesn't usually, it might not include gold pieces. Instead, it could be, uh, instead, it could be, like, just items. So, gold pieces, usually, it's, like, the standard measure of value. So, one gold piece is, well, uh, yeah, I ran over that. I just went over that one time. One gold piece is worth 10 silver pieces. Uh, and silver piece is the most used uh, coin among the commoners. A silver piece buys a laborer's work for half a day, a flask of lamp oil, or a night to rest in a poem. So one silver piece is worth 10 copper pieces, which are common among laborers and beggars. So a single copper piece can buy a candle, a torch, or a piece of chalk. In addition, like, unusual coins, like I said, these coins, like, they're from past, they're, like, from ancient times. And they're still in the currency, but they're not usually printed. Like, they're not printed anymore. They're not, uh, like, dealed out anymore. Uh, so they're made of other precious metals that appear in treasure hoards, usually. So electrum pieces and platinum pieces. And they're legit originally from vast empires and fallen kingdoms. And as I said before, they were, uh, they're removed from the currency now. Uh, like, they're still in it, but they don't print anymore. Uh, yeah. So an electrum piece is worth five silver pieces, and a platinum piece is worth ten gold pieces. Yep. Uh, so a standard coin weighs about a third of an ounce. So 50 coins weighs about a pound, but for your dungeon master, if you're a dungeon master, you don't usually keep, I don't usually keep track of weight in my adventures, because I just guess, I keep track of, like, general weight, like, I don't want, I, I can't let my party members carry a giant block of stone over the head, but, like, I don't keep track of coin weight, that's a bit extreme. So, selling treasures, so, you can buy stuff and sell stuff. So you can sell, uh, like, you can sell anything if you find the right buyer. So arms, armor, and other equipment. Uh, so as a general rule, undamaged weapon, armor, and other equipment can be sold for uh, half the cost when sold in the market. Yeah. Uh, weapons and items used by monsters are really in good enough condition to sell. So magic items. Selling magic items is tough because usually... They're too valuable, and it and like they'd be worth too much to find a buyer that would be willing to give you actually a good sum for it. Uh, you could find people who would give you less for it, but they'd just be ripping you off. You might find some nobles who would want it, but it's still tricky. Like it's hard. Uh, yeah. And besides from like a f the few common magic items, it's very rare that you'll come across them to buy. Uh, so gems, jewelry, and art objects, these items retain their full value when you're selling them and buying them, like, so you could sell them for the same amount you bought them, uh, and you can either trade them in for coins or use them as a currency, like, for our transactions, like I talked about before. So trade goods, so, uh, so, on the borderlands, many people, instead of, uh, 
like instead they kind of trade like bartering like instead of using money and gems like they'll use like trade goods like i'll give you this sheep if you give me those three chickens like stuff like that uh and yeah so armor and shields so uh let's talk a bit about like armor and like what you're gonna wear and stuff uh so yeah so there's many different types of armor each usually come for different color cultures and yeah and they each have like different uh like like bases of protection they can give you so let's talk a bit about this so there's an armor table a run down uh so armor proficiency so anyone can wear armor uh so anyone anyone can like put armor on or wear put a strap of shield on them but only if you're proficient in it can you wear it effectively uh if you wear armor that you lack proficiency in you have disadvantage on any ability checks saving throws or attack rolls that involve strength or dexterity and you can't resist spells so your armor class uh, we already talked about armor class when you're like attacking guys so armor can help boost your armor class so heavy armor uh like heavy armor interferes with your ability to move and your ability to move like silently and it also usually and you also need also usually weighs a lot more so stealth uh so if some types of armor you might have disadvantage on the stealth because they're all clinky and like they're not or they're like they, they make just a lot, bunch of noise so shields, a shield can be made from wood, the metal, and it is, it's carried in one hand. Uh, still, it only gives you, it gives you a plus two bonus on the cost, no matter what. Uh, so light armor. So light armor is made from simple and thin materials, whether it's leather, uh, or like it could, or like thin sheets of metal, or like similar stuff. Uh, so it offers some protection without sacrificing your mobility. Uh, so, so, yeah. So, let's talk about the three types of leather armor. Padded leather armor. So, I'm going to run down this chart for that type of armor as we go through it. So, light armor. So, padded armor costs five gold pieces. It costs the least of everything on this chart, even less than a shield. Uh, the, uh, the, your uh, armor class is, when you're wearing padded armor, is 11 plus your de dexterity modifier, but you get disadvantage on stealth because it's all like, it's rubbing everywhere, and yeah, and it weighs eight pounds. Uh, leather armor costs 10 gold pieces. Your armor class is 11 plus your dexterity modifier, uh, and you, you don't have disadvantage on stealth, and it weighs 10 pounds. Stud leather is like leather armor with little metal studs in it. Your armor class for that is 12 plus your dex modifier, and no disadvantage on stealth, and it weighs 13 pounds. Uh, okay, from now on, I'm only going to say if it has a stealth disadvantage. If it Like, I'm only going to say no stealth disadvantage or stealth disadvantage if it has a stealth disadvantage. So, medium armor. So, medium armor offers a bit more protection than light armor, but also, like, impairs your movement more. So, yeah, it's, like, the in-between. Like, heavy armor is, like, all these clunky plates and stuff. Light armor is, like, this leather armor. Medium armor is like a bit of leather, a bit of chains. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Uh, so, medium armor. Uh, so, uh, to end on these. Hide armor. 
Tango P it's Tango Pieces, uh the buy. You get twelve plus your dexterity modifier, a max of two. Uh so you if you have a dexterity modifier of three, you'd only still get a plus two for this. Uh so as you can see, stud leather is better. Uh and it weighs twelve pounds. So stud 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 leather weighs one pound more and costs thirty five gold pieces more, but if you have a dexterity bonus higher than three, it would give you more armor. So chain mail. So no, not chain mail. Chain shirt. Uh, costs fifty gold pieces. The armor class is thirteen plus dexterity modifier, a max of two, and it weighs twenty pounds. Scale mail. It's fifty gold pieces. Uh, the armor class is fourteen plus dex modifier, maximum of two. And you have disadvantage on stealth while wearing it, and it weighs forty five pounds. So the bre- uh, uh the breastplate, uh the breastplate. Uh, it would cost four hundred gold pieces. That's a lot more. Uh, your armor class is fourteen plus your dex modifier, max of two. There's no stealth disadvantage, and it weighs twenty pounds. So half plate. Uh. It costs 750 gold pieces, that's a lot. Uh, its armor class is 15 plus your dex modifier, maximum of 2. You have disadvantage on stealth, and it weighs 40 pounds. So now heavy armor. So heavy armor, it offers the best protection, but it gives your body little, like, very little movement. Uh, yeah, so only very proficient warriors can manage its bulk. So ring mail, it costs 30 gold pieces. Your armor class is 14. You have disadvantage on stealth, and it weighs 40 pounds. Chainmail costs 75 gold pieces. Your armor class is 16. You need a strength of at least 13 to wear chainmail. And you have disadvantage on stealth, and it weighs 55 pounds. Splintmail is 200 gold pieces. uh, Has an armor class of 17. You need at least a strength of 15 to wear it. You have disadvantage on stealth, and it weighs 60 pounds. And then plate mail is 1,500 gold pieces, has armor class of 18, a strength of 15, you need a strength of 15 to wear, you have disadvantage on stealth, and it weighs 65 pounds. So plate mail is obviously the best, but it costs way, 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 it costs so much. So a shield, so a shield is 10 gold pieces, uh, and it gives you a plus two more armor class, and it weighs 6 pounds. Uh, so again, into and out of armor. So the time it takes to put on or take off armor depends on the armor category. So, uh, so done is it is like the fancy word for put the time it takes to put on the armor. Doff is a fancy word for the time it uh, takes to uh, take off the armor. So for light armor, it takes one minute to done, one minute to doff. Medium armor, it takes five minutes to done, one minute to doff. Heavy armor, it takes. 10 minutes to done and 5 minutes to doff and a shield it takes one action to done and one action to doff so there uh so now let's uh take a break from this and have our halftime so yeah uh after the halftime we'll hop back into weapons okay let's do this okay so let's hop into our halftime so today we're going to talk about a bit of gods. So gods that you can worship and like if you're a cleric or different stuff in D&D. Uh, 
So usually for each world, like each individual D&D world, uh, there's some, a D&D pantheon, like the Forgotten Realms, Greyhawk, Dragonlance, Iberion. Uh, those are all D&D worlds, and they all have their, their own pantheon. And there's also, like, uh, they're made up of gods that, like, human, and also some are made up of non-human gods, too. Uh, like, dragons, elves, dwarves, all those ones. Uh, so, let's talk about, uh, today, we might do deities of the Forgotten Realms, since the Forgotten Realms is your most playable thing, and we'll see how much deities we can get through, and we might have to expand this during our halftime, too. So, deities of the Forgotten Realms. So, Arl... Uh, so let's run down them, and, like, uh, this, like, another day, I want to do it, so in the half times, I want to also make, let you guys learn something about the front end. so, when you're creating your own D&D, like, multiverse, entire world, you might want to have a pantheon of gods, so first, uh, I'm going to run down these pantheon of gods, so you can, like, see examples, see, like, what god, types of gods you can make, and then I'm going to do a uh, halftime where, like, I talk about, like, how to create a good camp and stuff like that. So, that's where I'm going. So, I'm going to go in alphabetical order. So, Oral, a goddess of winter. And this is the deities for the Gone Realms. Uh, her alignment is neutral evil. That, that is a help uh, for clerics and other people. Usually, they're going to follow a god who's the same alignment. Uh, suggested domains, because when you're cleric, you're going to choose a different domain. Like, uh, life, trickery, uh, light, death, war, knowledge, uh, uh, nature, tempest, so many more. Yeah, these are different, these are the different domains, so this is a guideline to which cleric, if you're in that domain, which god you should choose. So for oil, goss of winter, she's neutral evil. And the suggested domain is nature and tempest, and her symbol is a six-pointed snowflake. So, Azoth, god of wizards, uh, a lawful neutral, his suggested domain is knowledge, and his symbol is a left hand pointed upward, outlined. So, Bane, god of tyranny, that's a more common one. Those two you don't really hear much. Uh, he's lawful evil, of course. His su- suggested domain is war. And his symbol is an upright black hand, thumb, and finger together. So, Beshub, goddess of misfortune. Uh, chaotic evil. Uh, before we go any... I'll finish this, and then... Uh, so, trickery domain, and her symbol is black answers. I want to run down your the alignments pretty quick so you can understand some of the stuff. So, alignments. So, there's lawful good, which means you're good, you're a good person... And you believe in, like, a lawful, orderly society. Chaotic good, is that means you're good, but you believe in more freedom than lawful good. Uh, like, bigger freedom. So, uh, yeah, neutral good means you're good, but you're also kind of neutral with it. So you're not as good as the other two. Lawful neutral. Uh, then there's chaotic neutral, which just means you're neutral, but you believe in freedom. Lawful neutral, which means you're, you're lawful, you believe in laws, but you're neutral. And then there's neutral evil, which means that you're, uh, that you're evil, but you believe in, uh, like, uh, not means you're, you're, you're evil, but you're also, like, a mix between evil and neutral, and, yeah, uh, then there is, uh, lawful, uh, then there's chaotic evil, uh, which basically is where you're evil, but you believe in more freedom, then there's lawful evil, which means you're evil, but you believe in, like, rule 
kind of society, like still laws. So yeah, uh, next one, uh, Baal, Baal, uh, Baal, God of Murder, uh, neutral evil, his suggested domain is death, and his symbols a skull surrounded by a ring of blood droplets. Uh, I'll tell you guys something, this just brought up some memories. This is cool game, uh, it can be played on mobile, computer, uh, it can be played on like a phone, iPad, com- or computer. It's called Baldur's Gate, it's like 20 bucks. It's like a really old game, it was made in the 90s, ni- it's like, uh, not really old, but it's old for video games, it was made in the 90s, and it's like a D&D game, but it's on a computer, it's actually really cool, and it's called Baldur's Gate, and like, uh, you're supposed to be the son of the god of murder, but you you actually eventually find that out, I won't, if you want to play it, I won't spoil anymore, but you should try, it's pretty fun. Uh, so next, Shante, goddess of agriculture, neutral good. Uh, life is her domain, and her symbols a sheaf of grain or a blooming rose over grain. So, Siric, god of lies, chaotic evil, uh, trickery, that's her domain, and white jawless skull, skull on black or purple sunburst. Denier, god of writing, neutral good, knowledge, lit candle above an open eye. Eldeth, god of peace, neutral good. Life, nature, a waterfall plunging into still pool, Gond, god of craft, neutral, uh, knowledge, tooth cog with four spokes, helm, god of protection, lawful neutral, life, light, staring eye on upright left gauntlet, ilmater, god of endurance, lawful good, life, hands bound on the wrist with red cord, Kelimvor, a god of the dead, lawful neutral, uh, death, upright skeletal arm holding balanced scales, lavender, god of birth and renewal, neutral good, life, light, road traveling into sunrise, Lyra, goddess of illusions, chaotic neutral, trickery, point down triangle containing a swirl mist, Lyria, goddess of joy, chaotic good, Life, triangle of three, uh, triangle of three six-pointed stars. Loviator, goddess, goddess of pain. Lo- uh, lawful evil, death, nine-tailed barbed scourge. Mala, god of the hunt, chaotic evil, nature, clawed paw. Mask, god of thieves, chaotic neutral, trickery, black mask. Milaliki. Goddess of Forests, Neutral Good, Nature, Unicorn's Head. Melir, God of Poetry and Song, Neutral Good, Light, Five-Strand Heart Made of Leaves. Miracle, God of Death, Neutral Evil, uh, Death, White Human Skull. Mistra, Goddess of Magic, Neutral Good, Knowledge, Circle of Seven Stars, or Nine Stars. Encircling a Flowing Red Mist, or a Single Star. Ogma, this is also a really common one. God of knowledge, neutral, knowledge, blank skull. Savras, god of divitation and fate. Lawful, neutral, knowledge, crystal ball containing many kinds of eyes. Saloon, goddess of the moon, this is also pretty common too. Uh, not as common as the others, but yeah. Charted good, knowledge, life, pair of eyes surrounded by seven stars. Shar, goddess of darkness and loss, neutral evil, death. 
electrically black distance circling with a border sylvanus god of wild nature neutral nature oakley soon goddess of love and beauty chaotic evil death three teardrops on a triangle uh talus no uh oh no i got mixed up soon goddess of love and beauty chaotic good life light face of a beautiful red-haired woman Talona, goddess of disease and poison, chaotic evil, death, three teardrops on a triangle. Talus, god of storms, this is also, uh, not, yeah, fairly common. Chaotic evil, tempest, three lightning bolts radiating from a central point. Tempest, god of war, really common. Uh, neutral, war, upright, flame, and sword. Torm, god of courage and self-sacrifice, also pretty common. Lawful good, war, right, right, uh, white right gauntlet tyroma uh goddess of good fortune chaotic good trickery face up coin tear god of justice also pretty good lawful good war balance scale resting on a war hammer umberly goddess of the sea chaotic evil tempest wave curling left and right joaquin goddess of trade neutral knowledge trickery upright coin of joaquin's profile face and left and that's all of them. Uh, i just like to say, usually, this is like a really advanced pantheon with gods for pretty much for, for most things. Uh, if you want, like, when we talk about a few half times about just creating a basic pantheon, uh, usually only you're, you're not going to have as many. You're going to have, like, a third of what this had, the gods this had. So, yeah, uh, so we're done our half time for today. Uh, next time we're gonna talk about the god, we're gonna, like, go over some charts of the gods of Greyhawk and Dragonlance, which is some other D&D worlds. Fun fact, the creator of D&D, Gary Gaiax, uh, created the world of Greyhawk, and we'll talk all of this. So let's get back into the episode. So now we're gonna talk about weapons. So, uh, your class grants proficiency in certain weapons, uh, and that reflects your class's focus and, like, your tools of your trade. Uh, so, yeah. So, whether you favor a longsword or a longbow, your weapon and your ability to wield it effectively can mean the difference between life and death in D&D. Uh, so the weapons table that I'm going to run down in a sec will show the common weapons used in the world of D&D and a few abstract ones. Uh, and it'll also show its special properties, if it's melee or ranged, if it's ranged, like, how long, its damage, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so weapon proficiency. So, your race, class, and feats can grant you proficiency to different types of weapons. Uh, so the two different categories of weapons are simple and martial. Simple weapons are the most easiest and crude to use, like the short bows, like daggers, short swords, clubs, those things. Uh, martial weapons are, like, the more advanced, like, long swords, long bows, crossbows, like, all those stuff. Uh, yeah. And so, simple weapons, most people can use. Martial weapons, you probably need special training to use. So, proficiency in a weapon as allows you to use it and add your proficiency bonus to the, uh, to the, to the attack rule, like, to see if you hit for any attack you make with that weapon. If you make an attack roll with the weapon that lacks proficiency, you do not add your proficiency bonus to the attack roll. 
So weapon properties. So there's a few weapon properties that will be on the chart as I run down, and let's just run through them. So ammunition. So most range wep uh most range weapons have the ammunition property, like a bow, a sling, crossbow, those things you'll need the correct type of ammunition, like an arrow for a bow, a bullet, which is like a little metal ball for a sling, and a bolt for a crossbow. If you don't have ammunition, you can't fire it. Uh yeah. So finance. So uh finance weapons are like slender weapons like short swords, rapiers, daggers. Those things usually use your strength score to attack cuz using brute force with those weapons uh you use those are these are melee weapons. Uh you can use your strength or dexterity. Ranged weapons, you always use your dexterity. Strength weapons, you normally use your dexterity. Uh actually uh for strength for melee for ranged weapons, you always use a dexterity. For melee weapons, you mostly use your strength, unless it's a finance property, which then you can use your strength or dex. So heavy. So some weapons are heavy, like they're really heavy to use. Uh, so small creatures, so if you're uh, smaller than medium, like halflings, gnomes, those guys, or dwarves, you have disadvantage on attack rolls of heavy weapons. So a heavy weapon size and bulk makes it too large for a small creature to use effectively. So light. So light weapons are small and easy to handle, making them ideal for fighting with two weapons. Uh, so with light, if the weapon says light, you can fight with it two-handed. Uh, so loading. So because of the time required to load ammunition, uh, you can fire only one piece of ammunition per round if it has the loading property. Uh, yeah. Uh, so you can only fire one piece of ammunition per round, regardless if it has the, if you have like a bonus action or two actions or an extra attack, stuff like that. Like a crossbow is loading because you need to pull back the string, like put the crossbow and pull it back. Like that's gonna take like most of your turn. And then range. So the range is basically for range weapons. That's how f how far you can throw it. There's gonna be two different types of range, a first set and then another set. So the first set is basically how far you can shoot it without having disadvantage. The second set, you can still shoot it that far, but you're going to have disadvantage. Uh, also, like, also, you can't, you're going to have disadvantage if you try and melee someone with, because a, a bow, it's, it's, it's going to be unsteady, like, and it's not going to have as, uh, if you try to hit someone with it, like, close up. So if you're within uh, five feet, of, wait, uh, is it five or ten uh, uh, yeah, so, uh, you can't, if you're trying to melee someone, if you try to shoot at someone within 10 feet, uh, then you're gonna have disadvantage, if that's a ranged weapon, uh, unless it's certain ones, like a javelin, this is if it's like a bow, crossbow, slim, like a javelin would be, no, actually, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, reach. So, the reach weapons are, like, a big, like, pole axe or, like, stuff like that. They're basically add an extra five feet to, to where you're able to hit. So, special weapons, uh, they have, like, unusual rules, like a net or something like that. So, throne. So, if a weapon has a throne property, uh, you know when I said before if the weapon has the range property, uh, within ten feet you have disadvantage, the throne weapons... 
you don't have disadvantage if it's within 10 feet with the thrown weapons. Uh, yeah. So you can throw the weapon. Uh, so you can throw the weapon to make a ranged attack, or usually you can melee them with it. Uh, yeah. Like, uh, so you can do, it's the same with finance weapons. Some thrown weapons are finance, but others aren't. Like, if you throw a hand axe, you can use, uh, you, if you throw a hand axe, you use your strength. But if you throw a dagger, since it's finance, you can either use your strength or dexterity. So two-handed, this weapon requires two hands to use, so you can't have anything else in your hand. And versatile. So this is the last property. Versatile means this weapon can be used with one or two hands, which means that uh, usually if you do this, like a longsword, if you use it in one hand, it does uh, less, if it does one day eight, plus, uh, one day eight damage. If you use it in two hands, since you have more power, it's going to do one day ten. So then improvise weapons. So like uh, people, characters who don't have weapons on their person and they still need to fight someone, they might have, like, an improvised weapon. So an improvised weapon uh, could be, like, any object. Like, uh, it could be, like, just any, like, object that's not a weapon. Like a table leg, a shard of broken glass, a frying pan, a wagon wheel, or even a dead goblin. Like, yeah. Uh, often improvised weapons are treated the same as other weapons. Like a shard of glass might be treated the same as a dagger. And a table leg might be treated the same as a club. Uh, if it's not, like, any similar to anything, uh, like a dead goblin, the DM will usually just make you do one die four damage. Or, like, something DM will make it up. Uh, so, yeah, like, if an object has no resemblance to a weapon, it'll do one die four damage. And the DM will tell you the type of damage. Uh, so, if you also improvise weapons might be thrown... They can be thrown to a normal range of 20 feet with uh, a van with normal, and then they can be thrown up to 60 feet with disadvantage, and they do still 1-die-4 damage of the DM's uh, stuff. So, silvered weapons. So, if you're a party and you've been venturing for a while, and, like, you still, you don't, oh, most of your weapons still aren't magic, you might want to get some of your weapons silvered, because as you fight, as you go higher levels, you're going to fight tougher monsters. And some monsters, usually monsters who you would fight, find at higher levels, have resistance, so that means uh, it takes they take half damage, or maybe it can't damage them at all, non-magical weapons. So let's say I have a normal longsword, and I'm fighting... A monster who has uh, resistance or even immunity to non-magical damage. That means if I hit them, it's going to do none, uh, way less to none damage, no damage. But if you silver a weapon, it's going to be able to bypass their resistance and immunity. So then I will do full damage to them. Uh, the silver, you can silver a single weapon for 100 gold pieces or 10 pieces of ammunition. So I'd recommend when you start the game, you don't want to do this, like, spend your gold. Usually you can't buy magic items, like, in my game. Like, uh, I'm DMing a game. Uh, it's an adventure called The Storm King Thunder. It's, uh, yeah, it's a pretty good adventure. I recommend it. Uh, and, like, the party I'm, like, my party, uh, like, the people I'm playing with their party, 
like they have so much they have thousands of gold and they don't know what to spend it on so i think uh i think that's me and i'll recommend that for them to have some sil- the silver the weapons because as they go higher up i know there's gonna be some monsters in there that they might that might have immunity or resistance to uh like non-magical weapons so they should silver some stuff they got the gold so special weapons so i talked about special weapons earlier so here are the actual special weapons so the lance so you have disadvantage with a lance when you use it to attack a target within five feet of you and the lance requires two hands to to use when you are mounted when you are mounted it doesn't require two hands uh uh can you can use it with only one hand and the lance uh it's a reach weapon so you can attack with 10 feet so yeah it's meant for mounted combat so the net a larger it's a larger smaller creature hit by net is restrained until it's freed and the net has no effect on creatures that are formless so creatures are huge or larger and you can make your at use your action to make a dc uh like a difficulty class 10 strength tech so you have to roll a 10 or higher on your strength check freeing yourself from or another creature within its uh the net so dealing five slashing damage to the net the net has an armor class of 10 also frees the creature without harming it and then the effect in destroying the net so when you use an action bonus action reaction to attack with a net you can make only one attack regardless of the number of attacks you can normally make because you only got one net even if you got more you gotta pull it out like unwrap it yeah so uh yeah so let's run down these lists of weapons chart let's run down these lists of weapons and then i think we might have enough time i guess i don't know uh let's just do this first so there's gonna be uh uh five things i'm gonna talk about when i run down this list so there's gonna be weapons the name of the weapons then there's gonna be the cost i talked about cost in the episode then there's gonna be the damage then the weight, then the, like, the pro- different properties I talked about. So let's run down the simple melee weapons. So the club costs one silver piece, does one die four uh, plus, no, one die four bludgeon damage. Plus, remember, we talked about attacking plus, like, your uh, strength. And that weighs two pounds, and it, the pr- uh, it has the property of light. So I'm not going to say, like, the co- like it, this is its cost, this is damage, this is weight, this is property for it, because that would take too long. I'm just going to say it, and you can probably figure out which category it's in. So dagger, two gold pieces, one die for a piercing, one pound. Uh, it's a finance, light, thrown. It can be thrown up to a range of 20 feet without uh, disadvantage and up to 60 feet with disadvantage. Great club, two silver pieces, one die eight bloodroom damage, ten uh, pounds, two handed. Hand axe, five gold pieces, one die six slashing, two pounds, light, thrown, uh, thrown up the twenty feet without disadvantage, up to sixty feet with disadvantage. Javelin, five silver pieces, one die six piercing, two pounds, thrown, uh, up to a range of 30 feet without disadvantage, up to 120 feet with disadvantage. Light hammer, two gold pieces, one die four bludgeon, two pounds, light, thrown up to, thrown up to a range of 20 feet without disadvantage and up to 60 feet with disadvantage. Mace, five gold pieces, one die six bludgeon, four pounds, no properties, no other properties. Quarterstaff, two silver pieces, one die six bludgeon, 
four pounds versatile and so that means again just as a reminder you can either use it for one hand for the base damage or two hands if you use it with two hands instead of one day six bludgeon it's one day eight bludgeon so uh feel free to write all this stuff down like you can go through this episode again pause it unpause it and write this charts down because you don't have to play your handbook and you still want to play D&D, these charts can be also pretty useful. So Sickle, one gold piece, one die four slashing, two pounds, light. Spear, one gold piece, one die six piercing, three pounds, thrown, uh, range, it can be up to 20, uh, 20 feet with, without disadvantage, up to 60 feet with disadvantage. A versatile, and it's versatile with one hand, one die six piercing, with two hands, one die eight. Uh, Pearson. Simple range weapons. Crossbow, a light crossbow, 25 gold pieces, 1 die 8 Pearson, 5 pounds. Uh, you need ammunition to use it. Its range is 80 feet without disadvantage, 120 up to 320 feet, up to 320 feet with disadvantage. Loading, two handed. Dart, 5 copper pieces per dart, 1 die 4 Pearson. A uh, quarter of a pound. Finance thrown uh, can be thrown up to a range of 20 feet without disadvantage, 60 feet with. Short bow, 25 gold pieces, 1 day 6 piercing, 2 pounds. Ammunition, so that means you need ammunition to use it. Uh, a range of up to 80 feet without disadvantage, 320 feet with. Two-handed. Slin, 1 silver piece, 1 day 4 bludgeon. You need ammunition up to three, 30 feet without disadvantage, 120 feet with. So now we're going to go into the martial weapons. So martial melee weapons. Battle axe. 10 gold pieces, 1 day 8 slashing, 4 pounds uh, versatile. So if you use it with two hands, 1 day, eight, one day 10 slashing instead of 1 day 8 slashing. Also uh, flail. 10 gold pieces, 1 day 8 bludgeon, 2 pounds and no other properties. Glaive, 20 gold pieces, 1 day 10 slashing, 6 pounds, heavy, so you, uh, it's really heavy, you can't use it with two, you can't hold two of them. Uh, reach, so you can use it up to 10 feet instead of 5, and it's two-handed. Great axe, 30 gold pieces, 1 day 12 slashing, 7 pounds, heavy, two-handed. Great sword, 50 gold pieces, 2 day 6 slashing, 6 pounds, heavy, two-handed. Halberd, 20 gold pieces, 1 day 10 slashing, 6 pounds, heavy reach, two-handed. Lance, 10 gold pieces, 1 day 12 piercing, reach special. We talked about Lance's special then earlier. Longsword, 15 gold pieces, 1 day 8 slashing, 3 pounds. Uh, versatile, if you use it with two hands, 1 day 10 slashing. Maul, 10 gold pieces, 2 day 6 bludgeon, 10 pounds, heavy two-handed. Morningstar, 15 gold pieces, 1 day 8 piercing, 4 pounds. Pike, 5 gold pieces, 1 day 10 piercing, 18 pounds. Heavy reach, two-handed. Rapier, 25 gold pieces, 1 day 8 piercing, 2 pounds. Finance. Scimitar, 25 gold pieces, 1 day 6 slashing, 3 pounds. Finance light. Short sword, 10 gold pieces, 1 day 6 piercing, 2 pounds. Finance light. Trident, 5 gold pieces, 1 day 6 piercing, 4 pounds. Thrown. Uh, up to a range of 20 feet without disadvantage, 60 feet width, and if you use it with two hands, it's one day eight piercing. War pike, uh, war pick, five gold pieces, one day eight piercing, two pounds. War hammer, 
15 gold pieces, 1 day 8 bludgeon, 2 pounds, uh, if you do it with 2 hands, 1 day 10 uh, pe- bludgeon, whip, 2 gold pieces, 1 day 4 slashing, 3 pounds finance, reach. Martial range weapons, so the blowgun, 10 gold pieces, 1 piercing, that's not a lot at all, 1 pound ammunition, see the ammunition to use it, uh, 25 feet without disadvantage, 100 feet with, loading, crossbow, hand, 75 gold pieces, 1 die 6 piercing, 3 pounds ammunition, range 30 feet without disadvantage, 120 feet with, light, loading, crossbow, heavy crossbow, 50 gold pieces, 1 die 10 piercing, 18 pounds, you need ammunition, up to 100 feet without disadvantage, 400 feet with, Heavy, loaded, two-handed. Longbow, 50 gold pieces, one day eight piercing, two pounds. Ammunition, range, 150 feet without disadvantage, 600 width. Heavy, two-handed. Longbow is probably, uh, longbow and heavy crossbow are probably two best range weapons. Net, one gold piece, uh, there's no dam. it doesn't do any damage. Remember, we talked about the net's special properties earlier, three pounds special properties, thrown uh five feet without disadvantage 15 feet with so yeah uh we're out of time sadly uh i think next episode let me open my player's handbook uh so next episode i'm gonna talk about these adventuring gear stuff run down uh, another chart um maybe about tools mountain vehicles services optimization options okay can talk about these so yeah uh i think maybe another one two episodes my guess two more episodes and then we'd gone through we'd have gone through all these charts and everything out of play whatsoever and we can move on to some more more fun stuff like how to create character and so yeah so uh we gotta go now but yeah, it uh, be a good time. So, yeah, as, as I said, two more episodes, and I think we're done. And uh, so, yeah, next episode, we'll talk about, like, adventuring gear, tools, mounts, and vehicles. Then after that, we'll talk about more, like, lifestyle expenses, services, like, food, drink, stuff like that. And uh, this episode and the next two might not be as uh, exciting as the others were, but after this... Compared to what I'm going to talk about after we're all done learning how to play and we only got two more episodes, as I, I think two more episodes at the highest three, this is all going to seem dull compared to what we're going to talk about, like really fun stuff, how to create character, what's good, what's the best race, that's a cool debate, uh, like what's the best race for different classes, feats, how to create a proper Dungeons and Dragons, like all these cool stuff, and so yeah, uh, see you next time on the D&D Guy. Thank you.